Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me on a Saturday. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about quantum mental investing in the stock market. What that means is we take quantitative analysis using algorithms, combine that with a fundamental foundation, and we create an information edge that I share with you. Today, what we're going to talk about is the wild week in the stock market last week. It started with a momentum massacre on Monday and ended with a fairly decent Friday. So what does that mean for next week in the stock market and how are we going to play it on the Armor Trading Desk? That's what I'm going to share with you. We're going to go over the cannabis couch. We didn't have a blue wave. We had a green wave. We've been working on this investment theme together, you and I, for about three years now. And so we got to make sure our ducks are in a row to benefit off all that hard work. We're going to talk about that. And of course, we'll probably touch on gold and silver a bit, and I'll get to your questions. So any questions you've got, load up the message board on this conversation, and I'll get to it at the end and rip through it. So before I jump in, let me say a couple of things. As always, I don't know you personally. This is a YouTube channel. I can't possibly give you investment advice. What I am doing is sharing with you information of how I manage my own capital. I've been doing this over 30 years. I'm going to share with you successes and failures to help make us all better investors as we manage our own capital. That's my goal here, okay? Um, if you enjoyed this conversation, it can always help me with the thumbs up. I appreciate that right up there. Just click on it, right? If you'd like a deeper dive into these conversations we have once a week, consider becoming an Armor Insider, a subscriber to the Armor Report. You can do it right down here. There's a subscription. You can go take a peek at thearmorreport.com and see if it's right for you. But what you'll get is an opportunity to have these discussions on an ongoing basis all week and be part of our Slack trading desk. During the action, you're part of a community of investors, right, where we're all out there doing analysis using Armour algorithms to help us with entry points and exit points, managing capital together. That's what the deeper dive is. Take a peek at it. I think you might like it. All right. Now, having said all that, let's get to today's topic of the stock market. What I like to do is start with a picture of the S&P whenever we do this to get ourselves um, situated to start the day. Where is the S&P? This is the very the most important index, the S&P. It's the most liquid, so we can see through hysteria on one or two particular group or sector and see what the whole market is doing when it comes to flows of institutional capital. That's what we're looking at. So the Armour Report uses seven indexes to drive its risk decisions. And the biggest one is the S&P. So what we're looking at here is an S&P that had, and this is a blue bar, but for those of you who don't understand candlestick charts, let me just remind you, for those who need a refresher course, if it's a solid color, it means that it closed at the low of the bar. Opened high, closed at the low. If it's a clear color, like this, see there's a clear um, it's an outline of blue with the inside being clear. It means it opened at the low of the day and closed at the high of the day. That's bullish, right? If it opens at the high of the day, closes at the low of the day, that's bearish. So Monday was an ugly day, but by Friday, it almost seems like nothing really happened, right? So if we look back at the picture of the S&P, what we have is a breakout above a key resistance level, a rip higher after the election, and a consolidation week. Let's go look at the weekly chart. We have an Andrews fork that goes all the way back to 2015's uptrend. The market tried to blow out the top side of that Andrews fork. I should tell you that what we have now on this week, and I better change that color to yellow, right? The risk monitor has turned yellow on this breakout week which is typical, 
right? It was green the week before, and then we had a breakout week and it turns yellow. So now we're in what we call risk management mode. Okay, we're in risk management mode. We add a lot of risk when it's risk on green signal, and then we start managing risk, risk yellow, and then we take risk off when we go risk red, okay, or risk monitor red. So if we just look at the S&P, it doesn't seem like last week was that big of a deal. It seems like a big blowout of a weekly trend to the upside and then consolidation the rest of the week. But there's two other indexes of the magnificent seven that the Armour Report follows that had atrocious weeks. Momentum index. Okay, massive inside-out reversal. Okay, that after two terrible days just kind of went sideways for a couple of days. So closed in the bottom half of the range for the week. That's a real negative. Same Andrews fork, but this is unable to break out. Now let's go to the IBD 50, which are the disruptive growth stocks and the favorite sector of the Armour Report throughout this entire run from here to here. So you can see a different picture here, not even close to the top of its channel, right? And a, a really nasty week. Closing in the bottom half of the week. Huge inside-out reversal bar, and then just a couple of days to consolidate underneath the 50-day moving average. Now, the flip side is value, right? Small caps had a great week, blew out, consolidated in the top part of their range. VLUE, the value index, looks kind of the same. But, of course, both of those indexes are way below their highs. So this gets us to the question today that we've got to answer. Is the Monday morning massacre the beginning of a very difficult market that's headed lower? Or is it just the beginning of a rotation? I'm going to share with you the struggle that I'm having. Look, I love to come on here every Saturday and talk about how much money we're making and how much fun it is. And we're all having a great time. Okay. And it's fun to come on here and say to you guys, hey, look. We went to cash on the 24th of February and the market cratered and we protected everybody's assets. But there are going to be weeks that do not go well for the Armour Report. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to hide on those weeks. I'm not going to pretend it was something different. The simple fact is we focused our portfolios on growth stocks and disruptive growth stocks. And Monday was ugly. And it drove us to a cash position because we follow stop loss rules. So we spent the rest of the week really thinking about what occurred Monday and Tuesday and then how we want to participate next week if we have to. But when I go through in any time in my life, when we hit a week where the market is zigging and we're zagging, I stop all trading and I take a couple days off and I reassess what's going on. And that's what the week was for the armor report. Without a doubt, here, here's the struggle I'm having and I'm going to share it with you today. Without a doubt, I've got 30 years of experience plus, 30 years plus, managing my own money, managing capital. And I can tell you, whenever there's been a day or a week like that, like a Monday, Tuesday implosion in the leadership sectors, another shoe always drops in the coming weeks and months. That first shot across the bow is telling investors something dramatic is changing. And it's usually not pleasant. Now, I have to take my hard-fought experience in the trenches. And then I have to look at the armor investing way. The armor investing way is about using algorithms to execute and stop losses to protect principle and not using 30 years of experience 
that's anecdotal to guess what's going to happen next. And I'm really struggling with that this week. Because I've been here before in the market. The type of behavior I saw Monday reminds me of 2000, the year 2000, March of 2000. I remember, I remember it clearly. It was on March 24th. Every position I had in the portfolio at the time got blown out in one day. And two months later, the NASDAQ 100 was down 50%. So on the one hand, the armor investing way tells us that anecdotal information does not help manage money because it's backward looking and the market is ever evolving. So if we put too much weight on what's happened to us in the past, we become out of sync with the stock market and we miss opportunities to make money or, or losses pile up, what have you. Okay. And we can't do that. So we run three portfolios at the Armour Report, Armour in index only, aggressive, and conservative. The index only portfolio does not care about my emotions or my opinions from what I've learned over 30 years. Let's take emotions out of that. Emotions don't matter no matter what. It's more what's happened over 30 years, some things you learn, and so you protect capital quickly when those things occur, okay? Index-only portfolio doesn't do that. All it does is look at stops and algorithmic entry and exit points. So at the end of the day Monday, when we owned seven indexes, okay, momentum and the IBD 50 got blown out of the portfolio. But we still have, at the end of the week, 71.5% exposure to market volatility. Okay? So from an armor algorithmic standpoint, you can raise some cash last week, but you don't want to raise too much cash. You don't want to put too much of, of your experience over 30 years into your portfolio and raise too much cash. That's what the index-only portfolio is telling us. It's saying, yeah, something strange happened Monday, but not enough to raise more than 30% cash roughly, okay? Now, if you look at the Armour Index-only portfolio, that's how it's structured. The aggressive and conservative portfolios, I raised a lot more cash because I've been here before and I don't like that. And so the first thing I do is protect capital. Armour stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. So I'm going to err on the side of protecting capital, particularly in a, in a year, I shouldn't say particularly, in any year I'm going to do that. But when you look at the performance of the Armour portfolios, um, we are outperforming the S&P 500, you know, by multiples right now, even after an ugly week. So what we're trying to do, and the reason we're outperforming, the reason I tell you that, we're outperforming dramatically. How are we doing that? It's because we protect capital first. Had I sat around February 24th of this year and come up with a whole bunch of reasons why maybe I shouldn't sell things, we would have lost a lot of money. Right? Instead, we raised cash, protected capital, market dropped 40%. Most of the time, the market's not going to drop 40%. And we know that at the Armour Report. We know that. But what we don't know is which time it'll happen. And so we always err on the side of protecting capital. We take a week off to see what's happening. The market writes itself. Next week, we'll start adding some more names to get our portfolio the progressive and conservative back up to the level that more reflects the armor index only portfolio. That's what I wanted to say to you guys today. And for those of you who are unsure that Monday was a big deal, I heard a lot of people telling me, no, it's not a big deal. It's just rotation, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Nomura did a great study. You guys can find this if you, if you uh, armor insiders, I wrote the week in review. So you guys can go to the website, armorreport.com, you know, Make your way to the Armor Week and review, and you'll see the link to take you to these stories. But there's a great report from Nomura 
okay, investment bank, the head of the quant department there broke down what happened on Monday. It was, and I quote, the worst drawdown ever. It recorded a 15 standard deviation event. That's what that was on Monday. It cannot be explained away as no big deal. It's a rotation. Something very odd took place Monday. Something we haven't seen in the data ever in history, according to Nomura. Okay? So on the one hand, you've got to respect that. And so in conclusion, what I say to you today is we protect capital. We take a step back. We may redeploy capital next week, but we're going to do it in different names. We are not going to run out there and start buying the disruptive growth stocks because maybe they're on sale now. And I think that's the message I'm trying to, I really want to convey today. So in conclusion, the index only portfolio, which is an algorithmic only strategy, has 71.5% exposure to market volatility, which would suggest 30% cash position roughly for a normal portfolio, just using algorithms, not caring about 30 years of experience, okay? The other portfolios have more cash in them. We're going to take some of that cash, put it to work next week, depending on how the market acts. Armor Insiders, you know I'm constantly updating in the Armor Slack room um, what is at the top of our whiteboard, right? So we've got a whiteboard of fundamental ideas, and we keep culling and culling and culling, trying to come up with what names do we want to own, and then we start adding them to the portfolio. I've shared with you guys, I'm going to share with you guys in a minute a couple charts of names that are at the top of the whiteboard. But please understand that, and Armor Insiders already know this, that, that changes constantly. So this is just a quick snapshot of what I kind of like right now. I'm going to share some chart patterns with you. And then as always, I'm not telling you what stocks to buy since I don't know you. But what I am trying to share with you is the setups. And perhaps you can find your own that you're comfortable with and that suit your, um, your risk tolerance. Okay. So those are my thoughts right now. Let's just skip over um, to a couple of charts that are at the top of our whiteboard. We think we may be um, adding to the portfolio. We'll see. So Constellation Brands, we're going to get to this in a minute. Constellation Brands is going to dovetail with our discussion about cannabis, the cannabis couch we're going to get to in a second. So what I'm looking for are chart patterns like this. Big downtrends. The downtrends have been broken, gapped up last week, consolidates for three or four days, right, making a high pennant. If we put these positions on, okay, the stop would be the low of the gap up day, right? So let me say this. We are going to be very tight on our stops here. If we put more money to work, we know in the back of our minds there's something wrong with the market. Okay? So we're going to put money to work if we do. If we do, we're going to use tight stops. We're either going to get paid because there's a rotation of capital into the type of names we're buying, but capital's not leaving the market. Right? That's why maybe 30 years of experience doesn't help right now. You have a Fed that's buying everything in sight and says that they're going to control the yield curve and there's nowhere else for the money to go. So it could just be vicious rotation, in which case we're going to want to move some capital into the area where we're seeing a capital flow. Okay. And so those are the type of chart patterns we're looking for. Constellation brands is a no brainer. I'm going to go over that in a minute, but look at these chart patterns as I pull them up. So you could get a feel for what is, um, attractive to us. Okay. There's Constellation Brands. How about Starbucks? Okay. Reverse head and shoulders. Breaking the downtrend. Same type of situation. Here, what you would do if we were to do this, the low of the, of the low of last week would be the stop for us, right? Because the reason for this is if there's a real rotation, this gap's not going to fill. This thing is going to run. If, if another shoe is going to drop and there's something wrong with the market, this is going to break back down and disruptive growth stocks are going to go down even more. And we're going to be blown out of positions and be raising cash everywhere and it'll be risk off and it'll be risk monitor red. So we just don't know which way it's going to go. 
And so if we add capital, the, the, the um, stops have to be tight enough to protect us. All right. So um, here's another name that really uh, I really like. Here's Illumina, I-L-M-N. This is a secret. I'm going to share a secret with you. This is a secret. Most people don't realize that Illumina is an economy reopening story. They don't know it. They think it's a biotech growth stock. They don't get it. But I've been following this company since it was a dollar and a half, something like 20 years ago, on a split-adjusted basis. Okay? And I've been trading this and making money on this company for a couple decades. I've been on the last couple conference calls as they've come out with revenue that's declining and stock is sold off. It's all because... They sell their products into research centers all over the world. And during the pandemic, nobody's going to the research center to do the work. So the, the driver of their revenue is consumable business. And if there's not researchers going to do the work, they're not consuming consumables, revenues goes down. The economy reopens, there's a massive amount of need for the studies that this company's products are used for when it comes to drug development. Throughput will go through the roof. Consumable revenue will start going like this and revenue ramp's gonna go berserk. So I love this name and it's a bit of a secret because no one thinks of it as an economy reopening name. Okay. Um, I also like the DraftKings of the world again. Okay. We got out of the way of the earnings announcement. I just wasn't gonna hold the risk. And the stock gapped up and sold off. And it didn't, I didn't miss much. And so that was a good trade to get out of DraftKings in front of the earnings number. I, unless you were literally going to flip it on the news. We didn't miss any massive upside, but we protected capital in case there was massive downside. Okay? And so now we can always step back in as the stock consolidates. And I think you know, we have to give a little, um, a little bit of love to Penn National Gaming at the same time if we're going to do that. Okay? And I'll just round it out with MGM. See, MGM's got the same type of chart pattern. Okay? What we're looking at really here is this downtrend. Something like that. Okay? Breaking that downtrend on a gap, pulls back three days in a row. Day four is up. Really, you, you know, the idea is to buy it at the end of day four. And then the stop is the low of day three. One, two, three down days, find support, breaks out. I'd like to add that name with a low right here is my stop. Minimal risk, maximum reward if the whole market continues to rotate. Now, let's move on to the cannabis couch because I really want to say this to you guys. I'm going to be very clear. Those of you who first started following me on YouTube, I love you guys for doing that. Thank you for helping me launch this. This has really been one of my favorite times in my professional career is spending time on YouTube talking to you guys, building relationships. And the first thing I ever talked about was the importance of cannabis. That was early. It was early. Granted, we made some money at the beginning. Then we had to get out last May. May of 2019, I begged all of you to sell all of your cannabis stocks. If you don't believe it, if you don't remember, go look at the videos. Please, I said got to get out. And it wasn't a hard decision to make. It was maybe emotionally, but when you looked at the chart, it was kind of a no-brainer. Okay? And maybe if you didn't do it, you've learned from that experience. Here's last May. Okay? What we had here was the original breakout we made money on. We bought it back. It ripped higher. We made some more money. Then it broke below the 200-day moving average, and this is MJ we're looking at now. And I said, guys, we got to get out of Dodge. Something's not right. Okay, well, then we discovered what it was. What wasn't right was Ontario wasn't opening and blah, 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 and everything was too early, yada, yada, yada. We all know the story, okay? And we've been stalking, stalking this group now all throughout this year. 
Okay, and here's CGC, the number one stock to own in the cannabis space in Canada. I've been talking about it for months. And what did we do? What did you all do with me? We made some money in the stock during the year. If you were with me, right, we bought the stock cheap into the earnings announcement, booked 30% of our profit, it sold off. We booked the rest of our profit. This was a profitable run right there for us, okay? We've been dancing through the raindrops, picking off opportunities to make some money, protecting capital, all right? Most recently, the Armour Report added canopy growth to 16 and a quarter, okay? We have not sold the stock. It's a major part of the portfolio. That is the beginning. Look at the downtrend that's broken. Kind of reminds you of Constellation Brands, Starbucks, MGM Grand, okay? What's, here's the beauty. Here's the beauty and what I want to share on the cannabis couch today with you. We all know the potential of this market's enormous. We all know of the ups and downs and the possibilities and government regulation, all this ridiculousness we have to wade through. But here's what's fun. Sometimes in the investing world, all the stars align. And so what did we get? We got a green wave this election cycle. We all know it. I don't have to spend time talking about it. Everywhere on the ballot, all across this country, if it was on the ballot, it got passed. It's over, guys. It's going to happen. The fight's over. States that you would have never thought would have gone wreck or medical agreed to go wreck or medical. It's happening. Other states are going to fall. That's number one. Number two, we have Democrats in control of the government and maybe even control of Congress. And this is not a political discussion, okay? This is not a discussion of how dangerous that will be for the rest of the economy. This is the cannabis couch. That's the greatest situation we can possibly ask for, the cannabis couch. Okay? We're seeing revenue start to ramp the way it's supposed to in Canada. And of course, in the U.S., it's out of control. But it's also starting to happen in Canada. Stores are opening. Ontario's opening. Things are happening the way they should. And then let's add on top of it the potential that last week was the first week of a major transition in capital away from growth into value, into turnaround stories. If that's true, if that massive sell-off momentum is not the beginning of a real decline in the whole market, but instead literally like the dinner bell ringing that capital is shifting, then that capital, thank you for that, that capital is going to shift right into cannabis, all coming together. And so what have we done in the, uh, on, on, in the armor portfolios? You already know I've been talking about it forever, and hopefully I've saved you money over the years. There's only two Canadian stocks we're willing to own, Canopy Growth and Kronos. Now, maybe you made a lot of money trading ACB last week. Good for you, okay? I'm not touching that piece of junk. Every time the stock goes up, they do another equity offering, okay? Professional money is run. Step one, it looks at balance sheets to see if a company is financially stable. That's step one. So I'm talking to investors now. Can you day trade anything? Sure. Can you swing trade ACB and Afria? Go have at it. Have fun, okay? But from an investment standpoint, there's only two investable Canadian companies, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. You do whatever you want. I don't know you or your risk tolerance, right? So I'm just telling you what I do personally. Both companies have a war chest of cash, so there's no need to dilute equity holders every time the stock goes up. They have new management teams, which is a classic William O'Neill reason to buy a stock. New management comes in, right? They have new products particularly Canopy Growth with the drinks, okay, and their whole CBD products line coming into the U.S. This is classic, classic opportunity growth stories that are starting to emerge. 
And of course, they both are backed by massive marketing arms, Constellation Brands for CGC and Altria for, for Kronos. That's why we focus there. Then, of course, for the, and I can never, I can never recommend this because from a fiduciary standpoint, you know, just being on this show talking to you, I would never tell you to go buy a stock that trades in the Canadian Stock Exchange. But I share with you what I do personally. So personally, we own the top four U.S. MSOs. Okay, and you remember from last week, remember from last week, guys, ladies and gentlemen, right, we own leave right down here, right? We bought it right here. All the Armour Insiders know that. We shared it in the Slack room that day, right? Stock skyrocketing. Okay. Same exact day we were buying uh, a green thumb. Stock is skyrocketing. So what do we do now, right? Secure relief. And look at, you know, cure relief. Same exact day. Same day. What do we do now? These stocks are already up 50% or something. Okay. What if you've missed it? I submit to you there will be opportunities along the way. You don't want to chase names. You want to wait for stocks to come down to move in averages and set up buy triggers. You want to wait for stocks to build high tight tenants. Could be just a couple of weeks of sideways movement and you buy the breakout there if you want. All right. So you don't just indiscriminately chase because you get so excited. You put these things on your radar and you wait for weakness and you look for turns. Okay. That's what you're going to want to do. So, um, In, in conclusion, we're going to continue to work and look for on our trading desk and our research department cannabis names to fill out our portfolio that fit um, the process that we look for on the Armour Report to elevate something to the whiteboard. Okay, and we'll all work together as Armour Insiders to cull through all the data and find the right names for us to broaden out this portfolio. But I wanted to say here today that even if you've been fighting these names for a couple of years and you're frustrated, don't let the timing and the frustration get you off the bus of the reality that the market is exploding and the wave of green is turning our way. Okay? So be patient. Look for entry points. But stay with your game. That's my point today. All right, so let's wrap up, get to questions. I appreciate your time spent with me today. What do you guys have for me? Let's go. All right, um, lots of bull flags across Canada space. You think we'll break resistance soon? I, Chris, I, I, you know, I definitely do. I think that you know, all these names are, are... Now, look, I'm already off of this stock. We made 300% on our money this year on grow generation, and I'm not trading the stock again. I don't care what it does because I don't like the management team. So if they ever bring in new management, I'll be buying this thing with two hands. Okay. For now, to me, this is at the very best a trading vehicle, but look how the stock's performing and they had blowout numbers and it looks great. I mean, it just looks great. Here's IIPR. You know, just be advised, if we ever get a safe banking act, I don't know if the stock can keep going higher because the reason they have massive, you know, margins on their business is because there's no other place for cannabis companies to go to raise capital. So if we get a change in laws, you may get, um, you really may get some weakness here. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I do think we're going to get coils and, and, and so we're going to look for entry points. You know, what I wanted to share with you also is if you look at this TCNNF chart, this is a classic chart pattern. So when we do chart chat, and we talk about how to buy, you know, how to buy stocks. What we have here is a, a, a breakout originally here. Okay. The original breakout was right in here and it ran higher. And what we like to do is buy the first test of the 50 day moving average. This is a classic example of that. And it worked so well. Look at Green Thumb. Classic breakout, pullback, 50-day moving average. Set it up, 
and go. So what charts look like that now? Not in cannabis, but look at, look at DraftKings. You had your breakout, pullback, double bottom at the 50. That's why we have to take a look at that stock. How about Penn National Gaming? Again, here's the first stage basic, perfect cup and handle. Breakout, pullback, consolidation above the 50. That's why we're looking at that stock. All right, next question. Um, all right, a couple of from Raymond. I'm going to go to the O'Neill chart and take a look at this for you. So you're looking at um, IntelliTherapeutics, okay? Stock looks great. Of course, I wouldn't chase the stock, so I'm not exactly sure what you're asking me here. We could do research on it, put it on the whiteboard, but we would have to get a consolidation of some kind before we'd buy the stock. And same would be true for, you know, well, look at edit. Edit's come right down into the base here. Huh, that's interesting. That's certainly the right location to buy something, Raymond, but now you need like a, 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 some type of trigger that gets you to buy the stock. I don't ever buy a stock just because it's at a location. I look for a reason that, that money will begin coming back into the stock. If you're going to look at edit, you got to look at CRISPR to see where that is. Okay. So it had that gap down and it's filled the gap. Hmm. So just to remind you from an armor investing way, how do we put money to work? We look for weakness in the midst of strength with top day strength. What that really means is if you look at edit, for instance, Okay, the weakness is there. Maybe you got an uptrend. It's pulled back to a moving average. It's setting up a double bottom. But we don't buy that unless we have top day strength, something that tells us that money's coming back into it, that accumulation's occurring. Everybody else sees the support on the double bottom. And if it breaks below it, the shorts are going to make a killing. Because everybody's stop is going to get tripped. Right? So you don't want to get caught in that. So you've got to be patient and look for a trigger. Rick White. Good morning, Rick. Quick question about stop losses. What is the question, Rick? Oh, when you use stop, trailing, or otherwise, the book profits, do you re-enter those in the mid-morning every day, or do you keep them out, keep them on indefinitely? Oh, okay. Okay, I don't, um, when it comes to stop losses, this is a good question. I almost never put the stop into the market. What I use, whatever charting software I use, I simply put alerts at prices. So when the prices hit, I get a message. That's because I sit and trade all day. I know if you guys are at work, it's hard to do that. But this is how I execute. I wait for that trigger, the alert to, to tell me something's wrong with the stock. Then I go look at the stock and I follow the Armor Investing Way strategy of executing stops. Okay? And that strategy is I almost never exit a position before 1130. It might go through my stop in the morning, but before 1130, I leave it alone. Sometimes I suffer bigger losses. Statistically speaking, the asset will go higher after 1130. And then I carry it to the end of the day and see, is it below the original stop or not? And I exit, I don't know, 345. Okay. So that's a certain strategy I use. And I'm, I'm not putting in orders. Um, so it's very hard for me to answer that question because I don't know who you are, exactly how you trade and what your day job is. Um, so you've got to find out a process that works best for you. It, it's not necessarily a process that works for me. Okay. Um, Saber. Okay. Hi, Brett. What does it mean for gold and silver stocks for the coming week? Hmm. All right, let's take a look at gold and silver stocks. They've been confounding. Whoops, sorry about that. Totally confounding. Why would gold and silver stocks go down when momentum implodes? What does gold and silver have to do with momentum stocks? I don't know. But what I have here is a chart of GDX, right? And what we have is an island reversal where it tried to break out and immediately imploded. This made for an ugly Monday for armor portfolios which was really, you know, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I was caught off guard by that. 
when I put those positions on in the metal stocks, never in a million years would I assume that a momentum massacre would wreck precious metals. And it doesn't make any sense to me. So I looked at my portfolios and I thought I had group diversification and instead it was group magnification. I don't get it. So I've taken a step back. I don't own any of the mining stocks, okay? And I can't tell you when I'm going to own them again because if if that's the type of magnification we get, on a down day in growth stocks, then how do gold stocks help me? I may as well just own growth stocks. I mean, how do gold stocks help me? Can you see my frustration? Look, man, I share with you guys my successes, but I'm going to share frustrations too on this channel. I'm not going to hide from it. It was ridiculous. I need a drink of coffee. It was ridiculous. The economy, right, might, the economy might reopen, so let's sell silver down 6% on the debt. How does that make any sense? If the economy reopens, there's going to be more need for silver. Silver's in all kinds of electronics, blah, 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 right? The demand should go through the roof. So we still own – I didn't sell – any of our gold bullion position. And it obviously held up much better than the stocks. Why don't we take this off for now just to see it clear. Right? It's, just, it's held up above the 100-day moving average. It's consolidating. I still own gold bullion. The only stock that's on my whiteboard right now, at the top of the whiteboard, that I may add next week, is going to be Newmont Mining. And the reason I might do that is they had a blowout quarter. They're raising the dividend. It's a great investment all by itself. Forget about the price of gold and silver. They, they could just stay right here, and this stock is going to be a great earnings and revenue-generating stock with an increasing dividend. So I'm considering making that part of the portfolio, not putting a big part of my portfolio in five or six different gold names, but maybe putting a position on a normal position size in Newmont and look at the chart again. I mean, it's outperformed all of its, you know, or most of its uh, peers. This is, they had this great run because of earnings dropped down, but really held up pretty decent right there. Let's look at, you know, gold corp uh, barrack. That looks terrible, right? That doesn't look good. Franco Nevada looks a little bit better, but not really right. That's blown. So look at, look at those two charts, which are two big cap, you know, metals names, and then look at Newmont. Much better. The relative strength there is much better. So if I take a shot down the field with a gold stock, it's going to be that name right there. All right, let's move on. Um, Rick says, I asked because you said that one ought not to have stop losses set within the first two hours of trading. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope I've answered that question now. You have to figure out your own way of doing it. Okay, so uh, Raymond's talking about, um, let's see, PACV. Okay, it's not one or the other to me. Okay, Pacific Biosciences does not replace Illumina. You can own both. I mean, it's not one or the other. But I'm certainly not buying Pacific Biosciences all the way up here. I need a consolidation. The time to own it was down here, and I didn't do that, right? And so now the stock's up here. I'm not chasing this stock. So when it comes to timing, this is a stock that's down and possibly about to break its downtrend. I know the relative strength's got awful. So I could be early here. And by the way, I'm not buying the stock yet, right? So what I look for is weakness in the midst of strength. So what I'm looking at is a weekly chart pattern that looks like this on Illumina with a huge consolidation area artificial weakness because of the pandemic that shut down research departments. Okay. And I think that when that shutdown is over, this is an econ reopen story. If this thing can recapture the 50 day moving average, 
That's the kind of strength. So I want weakness in the midst of strength, which is right here, this, this COVID weakness. I mean, don't forget, aluminum was blowing out at 400 before COVID. So this is COVID weakness. Okay. Or I mean, here's, here's the COVID weakness. This was strength. Then people realized, gee, their business is slowing down because the economy is not reopening and the stock came in, right? And so what I need now is strength, top-day strength to get involved. So I'm not a buyer yet. I just said this is on the top of my whiteboard. And I like the idea of PACB, but I just need weakness. I can't go out and I'm not chasing it here. Baidu. Okay. Baidu. All right. Um, looks like it's about to break out. It, it, it may break out, and I know a lot of guys, a lot of people would like to own shares of Baidu and Chinese companies. And I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record and I'm frustrating, but I don't buy Chinese companies. So I don't buy companies where I can't trust the financials and I can't listen to conference calls and I can't talk to management teams. That's just part of the armor investing way when it comes to research and the fundamental approach, okay, is to break down balance sheets and income statements that I, I believe in where the accounting makes sense and listen to conference calls where I can talk to management teams and ask questions. I can't do that with, you know, these Chinese companies, I'm not going to own them as frustrating as that may be. I'm, I just, it's an opportunity cost of money for me. There's just so many names I can own in a portfolio. I'd rather own a name where I can do the research that I'm comfortable with, but I don't disagree with you. That chart looks great. TXG. Take a look at TXG. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoops. TXG. Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting little company. Yep. Consumable software analyzing by. This is a perfect idea. And look at the weakness right down to the. Well, I got to do some work on this. Who who gave me that idea? Who was that? That was Joe Black. Joe Black, my friend, you just got a uh, gold star. Well done. TXG. I'm going to take a look at this chart here. Joe Black, I'd like to meet you. Do people say that all the time? Does it get annoying? <laughs> um, so there's the, you know, there's the breakout. This the pullback to the 50. That's a nice setup. I have to do some research to see if I want to own it. But that's an interesting idea. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down. Thank you. TXG. Great. Moving on. Thank you for sharing valuable insight. I recall Charlotte's Web being at the top of the cannabis whiteboard last year. Do you still like the idea? Great question. Um, it's been off of the whiteboard, you know, since May of last year. We took it off and, and um, it has not made it back to the whiteboard. And it's probably never going to. You know, which is kind of a, kind of a bummer because I like the products. I use the products. Um, this is the chart pattern of Charlotte's Web, but I'm going to tell you why. The last couple conference calls have been a real disappointment. And here's my concern about Charlotte's Web. The window is closing on the lead that they had. They were first to market with a great product, high visibility name, great word of mouth. Because the FDA, in its infinite wisdom, has never ruled on CBD and ingestible products, it stymied their growth, giving Canopy growth through its Martha Stewart brand of CBD gummies and all those things, an opportunity to jump into the market this Christmas season with massive marketing capabilities and budgets, right, to flood the market. And I just don't know if Charlotte's Web is ever going to be able to reach the heights that I thought it would be able to reach over a year ago. But this is why we use stops on the trading desk here, right? Because what I think is going to happen doesn't have to happen. And so we've been out of Charlotte's Web you know, for over a year now. We haven't suffered any of the decline over the last year and a half or something. And the question is, and I look at it all the time, should I buy it back? I don't think so. I think there's other better places to go with money. You know, 
Canopy growth predictions. I think canopy growth, Michael, goes up a lot. My prediction is that canopy growth is going to do great. Now, I don't know you. I'm not telling you to buy the stock, right? We're just sharing ideas. And, you know, my personal entry point is, that, you know, for Armour Insiders, we're right in here is where we bought the stock and we're riding this uptrend. You know, I thought the last earnings announcement was phenomenal, okay? It was everything I've been looking for for months. That last conference call, if you didn't listen to it, go listen to it. What are the things we listen for on a conference call that make us excited? I listen to the tenor of the management. I listen to their voice. Do they sound like they have the bit in their teeth or do they sound like they're back on their heels, okay? They've been back on their heels for the last X amount of quarters. This is the first quarter where it sounds like the new management team is not excited. They're not trying to sell me on it, but they feel very confident in their roadmap now. Part of that and what Wall Street loves to see are expanding margins. You can follow the margin path of companies and the stock price in many cases. So what happened to Canopy Growth for a year and a half was margins were collapsing. Reason was expenses were through the roof. Product pricing was going down. They were missing market opportunities, right? What they should have is margins above 40%, and they were having margins below 20%. The new management team has righted the ship, and that's about reducing you know, grow facilities and focusing on the right business. But it's also about a whole bunch of cost-cutting measures that they finally got ready to put into place. And they told us on the last conference call that now they're going to be executing that, and they expect margins to go back to 40%. Wall Street loves that type of a story. Institutions put money in stories like that. So from a fundamental standpoint, it, it's all coming together for that company. And having said that, we use stop losses. We don't just listen to my opinion of what I think is going to happen. If it starts to roll over, we'll get out, right? I think we're all on the same page there. But you're asking me what I think about the fundamentals. It's finally coming together for this company. Afria, what are your thoughts on this company? Direction, solid numbers, access to Europe, just bought into beer in the States. I know, I know. I thought about this before the show. I thought about talking about Afria. It's the only other one that I'm willing to even consider buying because they do have a war chest of capital. I don't know. I haven't checked it recently, but it was close to a half a billion dollars the last time I checked. So they don't need to raise capital. But I'm not really – you just pointed out that they bought – a beer company. Like, I don't really like that. I don't really have an interest in companies that are putting out a lot of cash trying to get into a space. I, I want to own Canopy. They already, they, they already dominate the beverage business. They have massive war chest of capital to market, right? And all the money, I, there was an analyst on a Canopy call. He must be young because he, he didn't understand business at all. And he asked this relatively embarrassing question for an analyst. But he, his question was, Canopy has 75% market share in beverage right now. Are they afraid of competition that will cut into their market share? And the reason that's such a ridiculous and embarrassing question is that anybody who studied economy 101 knows that um, in a small market, which is what beverage is right now, you want multiple players all spending money on advertising to raise awareness that the drinks are even out there to drive people to the store. Okay. And so Canopy would love for their market share on, let's just say it's, I'm just pulling numbers out of the hats for the final. Let's say it's a billion dollar market and they have 75% market share. They would love for their market share to go to 50% market share and have it be a $10 billion market. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's just a numbers game, right? So they want Afria buying a beer company and spending money on advertising and all these other things. Because what it really does, I think, is drive revenue for Canopy. Meanwhile, Afria is trying to play catch-up, buying a beer company, trying to get into the game. I, I don't like it, you know? 
I want to stay with the best names with the biggest war chest of capital and the greatest marketing machines behind them. But that's just me. Don't let me stop you. Any picks for Mexico legalization potential next week? Wow. Mr. Epstein, I, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. You got any ideas? Throw it out. You know, I'm, I'm the type of investor that likes to stick with the cream of the crop, the best of the best, the biggest war chest of capital. I keep saying the same thing. So I don't really have an interest in going way down the, um, the depth chart trying to find names that might benefit from Mexico. I'm just trying to make money right now on Canada and the U.S. If I can get there, maybe at some point we'll get to Mexico. That's kind of where my head is. But if you have an idea, let me know. Good morning, Tech Monkey. Deb, how are you? Nice to see you on Saturday. I know that you uh, don't do penny stocks, but any thoughts on Planet 13 since they're established in Nevada and have plans to uh, new sites in California and other states? Um, all right, let's take a look at the chart. I've had another longtime friend in the space ask me about the stock all the time because he loves the company. He's been out there, apparently. PLNHF. I, look, I, I, can, I can do some more research again. Just a weekly chart. I, I can do some more research on the stock again. But, you know, the last time I checked, they're really a second-tier company compared to Cresco, TrueLeaf, Green Thumb, and, um, and Curaleaf. And so it's hard enough for me to invest in companies that trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange, that don't have access to capital, that can't list in the U.S. It's hard enough for me to get over all those hurdles to put money into the group the last thing I want to do is put money into stocks down the depth chart of that group. So that's why I haven't invested in this company. It may be a great company. They, they apparently have a really cool, you know, business model out in Nevada, which I don't know if it's going to extend to California or any other places. Um, I really don't like companies that focus on California. Notice the four names that I've mentioned you know, don't focus on the California business. California is a state that's a little bit crazy. No offense to Californians, but you, you guys do all kinds of things wrong from an economic standpoint that, that don't make a bit of sense. And, um, and you could just see the, the difference in the flourishing, unbelievable market in Florida. And, you know, the companies that concentrate in California are struggling because of ridiculously stupid legislation and tax decisions that are absurd, okay, from a bunch of people who run the government there don't understand economics. So it doesn't make me excited, Deb, to say, oh, uh, Planet 13 is going into California. And that doesn't help, doesn't help me. If you told me Planet 13 is going into Florida, then maybe I'd have an interest. They're going into Chicago. Maybe that sounds good, you know, but I don't know. California has got to get its act together and prove it to me before I have an interest in investing in that, in that, in that state. Jason, I've heard different opinions, but uh, do leading growth stocks usually top before the overall market? Jason, that is my concern. My 30 years of experience can tell you that if the leadership gets shot in the head, the rest of the market follows eventually. It doesn't have to follow the next week. I, there are times, I've seen times when small caps of value do this for a couple of months while big cap and leadership growth does this. And then there's always the fall. There's always the fall where small caps and value catch back up to leadership. But the problem is I've seen it in a couple instances take, take a couple months. So the timing is the rub. The timing's the rub. And it's infrequent, but it can happen. So could we be having a rotation to value and the value can rally for the next three or four months, which is typically the best time of the year for the market. The Fed is out there adding liquidity. We're going to get a big stimulus package. At some point, there'll be an announcement the economy's opening. So 
could those stocks do well for three or four months while the rest of the market languishes, right? And then we get into the summer months and we get into all of the detrimental regulation that Democrats threaten to enact next year and the market begins to react to that. That's possible. So there could be a window in here to continue making some money. And so that's why I'm really struggling. I have to deal with, you know, what I know usually happens with, okay, but there could be a window to make, make money and we don't want to get out of sync with the market just because of these fears. You can't make money if you're afraid. Scared money doesn't make money, right? So that's what the whole armor investing way is about, following a strategy and a process to avoid emotion. And if we just look at the armor index only portfolio, that strategy and process says that we should be 70% long, 30% cash, right? And for the other two portfolios, I have too much cash right now. So I'll probably put some of that money out into some of these names where I'm comfortable with the setups and see how we do. And we'll use tight stops. I don't know. We'll have to see. I'll be talking about this every morning at 830 during the morning meeting for Armor Insiders. So we're ready every day to figure out how we want to approach this. I can't remember a stock I heard that is mixed metals, including copper. Is that a question, my friend? I don't know exactly what your question is there. I don't know, maybe uh, FCX? I don't know. All right. Um, Dudes, we can probably thank JP Morgan for the last excessive drop in the PMs. Vaccine pump was a perfect opportunity to aggressively short. I guess that's true, but you know, JP Morgan is net long the metals. So like how many how much more are they gonna do that shorting? I mean, how much more do they have to buy? I don't know. That was all that was all one question. You answered it. Okay. All right. Still a, pos- still a positive. Oh, Pinterest. I guess you're asking, someone's asking a question on Pinterest. You know, it's one of my favorite names. Okay. And um, nothing has changed there. We still own this stock in our aggressive portfolio. It never got stopped out. As long as it stays above the 25-day moving average, it should stay in a portfolio is how we are um, uh, addressing this position. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, before uh, fun times. Thanks for bringing this up again. I forgot to mention. Um, This is definitely the top of the leaderboard, top of the whiteboard, if you will, Um, along with the other names. See, the chart pattern is exactly the same. This is ultra beauty. Definitely. See, this is at the top of our whiteboard. Broken the downtrend, cut a deal with Target. So they're going to start opening ultra beauty stores inside of Target. Gap up, pull back for three days up on Friday. Theoretically, we'd look to add to this stock on weakness Monday morning with a low being the low, uh, with a stop being the low of Thursday or the low of the gap up day, depending on how you want to trade it. I love Ultra Beauty. That's a great idea. Keep an eye on VFF, cannabis space. You know what? You're right about that. VFF made that chain. Let's see what that stock looks like. Village Farms. Here's the only problem with Village Farms, okay? They made, they, they resolved a major issue at Village Farms. They had that legal battle going on, and now they've ousted um, the, um, the other company, so they own their cannabis grow outright, which is very bullish. The flip side is you've got a company with low margins that focuses on hydroponic grow of vegetables, so I submit to you, we can only buy so many names. If we're going to invest in the space, don't we want to invest in a pure play on cannabis? Why do I really want a piece of a company where a significant amount of their revenue comes from hydroponic growing of tomatoes, which we know those margins are thin. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Let's see. Any last questions here, guys, before I wrap up? Let me just see. Let's see. 
Microsoft. Um, here's my problem with Microsoft. And I, I put this chart up. And apparently, you can see the top of the head of my son. Um, Microsoft, okay? Microsoft is exhibiting what we call an ABCD for danger approach. A is up here. The stock makes a high. B is the corresponding relative strength. C is the stock attempting to make another high. D is the relative strength literally breaking down. Okay. This is a nasty chart pattern that does not uh, interest me at all. And one that I think should be, and this is just my personal opinion. I'm not telling you guys what to do, but I'm personally avoiding it. Okay. FCX is the company. FCX is a company that has some gold and some copper in it. Chart looks great. Outperforming most, most precious metals companies because of its copper component. Okay. But they do business in Indonesia. I mean, it's just not a, a company for me to invest in, but it's certainly been a great stock and better than almost every big cap metal company because of their copper piece. Grogen, we already talked about, Jay. You know, real quick, I can tell you that um, Grogen's earnings announcement was great, and they're executing, and the stock looks fantastic. I can't stand the management team, so I can't own the stock. That's where I am in that position. When they announce that they have a new chief executive officer that I can respect, I'll own the stock like that. Okay, Hexo, no interest in Hexo, my friend. They've totally, you know, blown it. And I'm, again, I'm trying to go with cream of the crop. That's where my dollars are going. I'd rather have a bigger position in Canopy Growth and Kronos than have a smaller position in those names and include Hexo. It's just a question of managing a portfolio. Hi, someone said hi, Levi. <laughs> All right, come on up and say hello, Levi. Where are you? There's my son. Hi. We're all about we're about to go have a fun day out. Oh, there you go. All right. What Levi would like to suggest this stock right here. This is his uh, this is his opinion. This is his number one investment idea. Levi. Right. The symbol is L E V I. He would suggest everybody take a peek at it. The stock is breaking the downtrend, and uh, quite frankly, looks phenomenal. So. On that note, we'll leave you with our idea of Levi as a stock to invest in and do research on. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy since I don't know you, right? I have to keep saying that apparently. But why not do a little research there? It looks like the business is turning and the symbol's L-E-V-I. And we don't think, we don't think you can find a better symbol in the market to invest in. All right? I wish you guys a great weekend. And I'll see Armor Insiders bright and early at 8.30 Monday morning. Any thoughts? Okay. Take care, guys. Wow. Someone said hi. Yeah. Yes, we're done. No. Okay. Daddy, Lucky, guess what Lucky did? Uh Uh-oh.